Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Situation Room. Welcome to the Situation Room. Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Situation Room. You guys are getting a little bit of bonus coverage, just like we are here in the playoffs. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. You can catch him on Twitter. He's at Gabe Fergie. Um, I'm changing it up, and I'm at, I'm now at Raven's Sit Room, so you can find me there on Twitter. Um, you know, Lots of great content there. And, you know, our, our podcast is hosted by filmstudybaltimore.com. Um, really good stuff over there. Kemi Cusick does a fantastic job. Um, I just, I, I've done a podcast with him recently this week, and Gabe has done some other ones with him as well. Um, Ken puts out great content on the offensive line, on the defense, all across the board. So uh, make sure you give him a follow as well. He's at Ravens Film Study um, on Twitter, um, too. I'm sure you guys are probably already following him. So, Gabe, here we are. We're we're past the Titans. We've we've gotten the monkey off our back, so to speak. We've come back from being down ten. We won a playoff game, which was never going to be possible under Lamar Jackson. <laughs> now we get Buffalo, and uh, what do you see? I mean, so the Bills are, in a lot of ways, kind of had this season in 2020 that the Ravens had in 2019. You know, I think they got to the playoffs a year ahead of time last year, and they weren't really ready. And, you know, Josh Allen was still kind of struggling a little bit. He was still figuring things out. And then 2020 was a season where he put it all together. And they, you know, they got the, the wide receiver core that, that really is going to work well with him. They got they brought in Diggs, who's been exceptional. He's had an f- incredible season, um, former, ter- former Terp. So um, <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, um, you don't love seeing him in the opposing team, but, you know, he's, he's a really good guy and a great wide receiver. Um, so, you know, they're, they're an explosive offense. I think you have to hand it to them. They've, they've had a really impressive year. Um, Allen has obviously been like the main focal point, but their, their passing game is, is one of the best in the NFL. I would put it up there with, with the chiefs this year and, and they're going to be, you know, a tough competition. They, their 13 and three record is for real. They probably should have had one more win in there. They might've gone away with a couple that were close, but you know, Overall, I think they're a very solid team and, and it's going to be a challenge for the Ravens. Yeah, you know, I, I have I have a hard time trying to decide how good I think this Buffalo team is. I think that some of it is that they haven't played a lot of great defenses. You know, they, they get to draw Miami and New England twice who weren't all that great. You know, down the stretch, you know, when you're talking about kind of after the Arizona game in the bye week, Chargers, Niners, Steelers, Broncos, um, Patriots, Dolphins, in terms of kind of DVOA defense rank, 13th was the best, 13, 16, 21, 28, 26, 18, respectively. Um, I I don't know how much to respect them and how much not to. Um, That being said, I think it it starts and ends in the conversation of, you know, Buffalo for this game is is Josh Allen and whether or not Josh Allen is going to be able to put up a big game. He's going to need to. He was the leading rusher against the Colts, in addition to being the leading passer. Obviously, um, 
a lot of responsibility was put on him. The the Bills will go in 10 personnel. They'll go four wide. They'll go empty backfield often. Um, you know, Josh Allen has really improved his accuracy this year um, over the, the prior two years, which seemed like something that wasn't going to happen. Um, and, you know, you, you spoke a little bit about taking what, what defenses are giving him. Do you, you think that's predominantly where this improvement in accuracy has come from? So I, I think that, that is definitely part of it. I, th- I think when you look at him, it was first two years in the league. He had some issues with mechanics. Um, he kind of didn't have the the fluid kind of like stepping into it always. He would kind of just like kind of sit on his back foot, stand statuesque in the pocket, not really go through the proper motion you want to see a receiver or a, a quarterback do when he's you know passing the ball. Um, and I think at times the game was a little too fast for him. So the processing thing was also a little late for him. He wasn't really recognizing what defenses were doing. And then I don't think he also had the receivers that he had to trust in. I think bringing in Diggs really unlocked him and that it gave him someone who he had immediate trust in, someone that he could, you know, have a kind of that chemistry with, trust to throw that ball, whether it's, you know, completely open or maybe it's a contested catch. And I think over the season, that chemistry just got better and better between them. And, and you know, we see Diggs put up 100-yard games almost on a weekly basis now. Um, and, you know, I think some of it is also just him maturing as a player and as a person. Like, this is kind of the natural progression of a quarterback. He's always had the physical talent. You know, he's, he's big, he's strong. He has probably the best arm, I would say, in the NFL. Um, it's probably up between him and Mahomes, who has, like, the strongest arm. Um, and he is had the ability to kind of cut down on some of the mistakes that we've seen in the past. So it's it's kind of the whole culmination of, of what's happened for him, and it's um, and has made him into be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think that um, obviously the you know the Bills have really put around the town around him. I think Brian Dable, their offensive coordinator, has done an exceptional job. You mentioned some of the different personnel they use. Sometimes they'll go four wide. Sometimes you know they have a couple tight ends in there. They mix in play action pretty well. They, you know, they're they're aggressive in the passing game. They'll pass on first down pre- pretty often. Um, it's just kind of like the modern NFL offense that you want to see. And I, I think that that is a major reason, all those things coming together, and it's finally just like working to, um, in a pretty good fashion for them. Yeah, you know, the thing I think that they're – you talked about this a little bit, but they're so in sync on the scramble drills. Um, they seem to know what they want to do and where they're going to go. Um, and I hope that the Ravens are kind of preparing for that. The, the guys seem to, to be going specifically to certain spots. Um, you know, obviously, Allen's big arm kind of helps play a part of that. But, you know, you've got to stay in front of receivers, particularly on the sideline, which is where he likes to work once he kind of gets flushed out. Um I actually think that Allen gets a little less accurate when he gets flushed out and he throws back towards the middle of the field a little bit more, which is not a surprise because you're throwing away from your body at that point. Um, so I'd like to see the Ravens try and kind of squeeze him from the outside in in that regard and get to the spots that it seems like his receivers like to get to on scramble drills. And if they have a good sense of kind of where that is and also an understanding that when when the pocket breaks, that they've got to break to the sideline and they cannot let those wide receivers kind of get outside of them in that regard. I think that they can find some success. Um, you know, Allen is also 
he's not I wouldn't call him fast, but he he certainly is elusive in the pocket and he keeps his feet well and he keeps his balance well. Um, and so he is going to be able to extend some plays. And I think, you know, to me, what's interesting in particular about how the Ravens are going to be able to contain Allen is what they're going to do to try and keep him in the pocket and whether or not they're going to be kind of effective in in how they implement that, because you mentioned a little bit of this. He's still at times makes some pretty poor decisions. There were a couple of throws in the Pittsburgh game that were just, you know, once you get pressure into his face, um, he'll make a bad decision here or there. And he also will fumble the ball. Um, he's a guy that because he's trying to stretch these plays out more often than not, he's got a lot more fumbles than Lamar. Um, he, you know, it kind of reminds me of what Lamar was like in his rookie year. Um, and he doesn't prioritize kind of protecting the ball in the same way. And, and you saw it in the Colts game. It almost cost them the game um, in the Colts game. So I'm interested to see whether, the, you know, a guy like Ngakwe, who is always trying to strip the ball, is going to be able to pry one loose on Allen this week, too. Yeah, that's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, the Ravens have been one of the best teams in the league in forcing fumbles this year. You know, part of that's Marlon Humphrey um, on on receivers, but they've also done a pretty good job of, of getting to the quarterback. And Ngakwe has gotten a few. I think um, there have been a couple other forced fumbles there in an opposing quarterback. So that's something that I'll definitely want to keep an eye out for. Um, I think, I mean, you said it best. Like he. He wants to extend plays. I mean, the the comp has been there before about Ben Roethlisberger, kind of a young Ben Roethlisberger. He's got you know the big arm. He's he wants to extend plays. He he's tough. He's hard to bring down. Um, I think he's very good at kind of you know escaping pressure at times in terms of just the way he can um, like shrug shrug off defenders. Um, he's he's definitely difficult to bring down, um, and he just has that escapability that is pretty you know impressive for someone who's big like he is. Um, he's got a little bit of like nipsiness to him. And then, like you said, he can run. He's not like fast and explosive with the ball like Lamar Jackson is, but he's very capable of, you know, picking up a first down with his feet. So I think the Ravens are going to want to try and contain him for sure. But I think the scramble is probably preferred to, you know, a 30 yard bomb downfield. Um, so that's why I think you mentioned keeping him in the pocket is probably to, to their best, um, for the Ravens in this instance, you don't want him kind of out in the, in the scramble where, where he's getting receivers open and coming back to him. Yeah. You know, Josh Allen has had a really nice year and he certainly deserves any of the conversations and accolades that he gets, but you know, he has had his struggles too. I think one thing that, that is kind of been talked about a little bit, and I don't know if you saw any of this on film is, is man versus zone. Um, and there seems to be, he seems to have had a lot more success, particularly earlier in the year um, against man coverage. What, what have you seen from him? So I, I think that there is definitely that impression that he does better against man. And I think part of that is because Diggs is such a good wide receiver and he's able to um, get free and open, especially downfield versus man coverage. And that's where a lot of their big explosive plays come from. However, I think that the he also will be quite good against zone. Um, he's he's very good at finding kind of the guy who's sitting down and, and you know, those open kind of pockets. Um, Cole Beasley is very good at, you know, finding those little shallow spots where he can pick up easy yards. He's very willing to check the ball down to the running back, which is often pretty open in, in zone coverages as well. So I think it's kind of a choice between do you want to let him just kind of like slowly matriculate the ball down the field against his own, or do you want to, you know, try and force his hand a little bit um, with the man coverage and bet on your your guys? I do think the one risk you play 
uh, with zone coverage is, especially if he is doing some of these um, extended plays, you're more at risk, I think, in zone coverage than in man coverage because in zone, the, the zones tend to break down over time and there's more space for the receiver to kind of find an opening, especially along the sidelines. Um, in man coverage, if you're doing a good job, you're sticking with him throughout those kind of extended plays and you might not have those open throws downfield. So I think there's advantages of doing both. You know, the Ravens are a man-heavy team. I don't expect them to suddenly change from that. I, I think if they do some zones, it's going to be like very sticky match kind of zones where you're, you're once a guy comes into your area, you're sticking with him. Um, probably some more like the quarters, um, some of like the maybe inverted cover two kind of things. But for the most part, I think the big thing is just to make him think twice about what he's seeing. I think a lot of post-snap kind of adjustments or where you're showing one thing and going to another. One of the things I see a lot of teams was they kind of like were very clear about what they were doing. And like, especially I was watching him playing against the Jets and they're just like in this cover two shell the entire time and they don't change it at all. I don't think you're going to win by doing that. I think you have to like try and confuse the quarterback. You have to show one thing and do another. You have to, you know, maybe show zone and then like switch to man. Like those are the kind of things that you're going to want to do against someone like Allen because if you let him get comfortable and, and know how he's going to attack the coverage, then he's probably going to beat you most times. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I think one of the things that, that in particular this team cannot do is let there be these easy throws. I think that, look, this is the NFL playoffs. You've got to earn every bit that you can get. And the Ravens happen to match up exceptionally well in the secondary to the wide receivers for the Buffalo Bills. If they were meeting eight weeks ago, I don't think we would have said the same thing, right? When, when there were um, some health questions, Jimmy Smith wasn't healthy. Averitt wasn't healthy. um, Humphrey had COVID. Peters went through a little bit of a thing there. There was a time where the Ravens secondary was not a stout one from that perspective. I think to me, if I'm the Ravens, I'm running as much dime as I possibly can. I'm going to rush for, I'm going to keep Queen to be a spy on this guy, and I'm going to keep two guys over the top. And I'm going to change up what I'm doing with the two guys that I'm putting over the top of this defense and what I'm doing with Patrick Queen. And otherwise, I'm keeping everything for the most part the same. I'll I'll roll, you know, you'll roll in a a nickel like blitz here and there. We're going to try and do some things every so often to kind of create some kind of pressure. But look, at the end of the day, I want Devin Singletary to have 30 carries in this game. Like, stay light, stay back, um, play up on the line of scrimmage and don't give away what you're going to do. There was a, a great play in the Tennessee game where Tannehill is looking to the right. Both Peters and Humphrey are on the right together, which is awesome to see because um, you've got Humphrey in the slot. They're both playing press, like not press. It wasn't a press, but they're both playing at the line of scrimmage where they're going to defend the receiver immediately. Both guys go off and it's, it's a rub. It's a rub route. It's designed to be a rub route and, what was man coverage all day long turned into a zone switch where Humphrey took the inside guy that was coming underneath and Peters took the guy going over the top and it completely baffled Tannehill and it essentially blew up the entire play. That's what the Ravens need to do where they 80%, 70% of the time they're showing man principles up on the line of scrimmage, sometimes press and physical, especially with a guy like Diggs and Beasley. I think you've got to beat Beasley up in the part of that process, but you know, show that at the line of scrimmage, mix it up between whether it's going to be man and zone, make it look like man sometimes and let it be kind of like a cover two shell and zone release. You've got to confuse Allen with what's going to be coming there. And I think, you know, we talk about zone versus man, but I think the distinction that you draw here is pressure versus blitzing for the sake of blitzing. 
Baltimore's got to create opportunities where they force Allen into trying to make a mistake, trying to do too much, trying to leak out of the pocket where you think he can, where he thinks he can, trying to throw underneath to where he thinks he can. Um, and the simula- simulated blitzes and things like that are great ways to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, I think the game plan, like you said, remains very similar to what it was in Tennessee, where let's make them run fades, run deep outs, run stuff to the sidelines on long throws. Sure. Like, yeah, maybe that's what Josh Allen is good at. Right. And because he's got a big arm. But those are tough throws. It doesn't matter if you are Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Those are still tough throws. And if you are consistently keeping the pressure on Allen to have to make those and occasionally mixing some quality pressure in with that. I think it's going to be a long day for the Buffalo offense, especially if they fall behind and then they become very kind of pass obvious in those situations. Then it could get really it could get really ugly. Yeah. I think that the simulated pressure is going to be something that's seen a lot in this game because I think, you know, Allen's still a young quarterback. And if even we saw, I mean, Ryan Tannehill in, in the Titans game, the simulated pressure got to him a few times. You know, they would show, you know, rushing five, rushing six, and then drop a couple into coverage. You take Bowser and you drop him into, you know, you know that initial, that initial like hook where you have the, the short zone where you know, a lot of times it's a, it's a first hot read for a quarterback. So, like, you, you, you can take an outside linebacker or, or an inside linebacker and drop him into that zone and take away that first look. And then the quarterback thinks he has somebody in his face, but he might not. But then he's, like, kind of, you know, second-guessing. That kind of, you know, those two seconds that you gain by doing that, or not even two seconds, a second, that's enough to kind of either disrupt the, the play from, you know, one read to the next or maybe have someone actually beating his man and getting to him to get a sack. Um, so I think that's something that we're definitely going to see. I completely agree with you when you're talking about the personnel choices in this one. I think it's definitely going to be a dime-heavy game. We haven't seen a lot of that in recent weeks. Um, it's been more of Nichols kind of been the Ravens' um, pass defense pre- preference. Um, but I think in this game, you definitely want to see more dime. They don't – I mean, the Bills go 12 personnel every once in a while, but it's not very frequent. They're They're pretty heavy – um, with 11, they do actually a lot for four wide receiver as well. So we might even see four cornerbacks on, on the field at the same time for the Ravens in this one. Yeah, um, I've and, got... And, oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I've got no problem with four cornerbacks on the field for the Ravens. And I think the, the Ravens have, you know, four quality corners. Like, they probably have the best four corners of any team in the NFL between Smith, Humphrey, Peters, and Averitt. I mean, they're all playing at a high level this year. Um, and, and I think they match up really well, like you said, with... With the Bills receivers, you know, you can put Humphrey on Diggs or you can even put somebody like Smith on Diggs and be physical with him. And then you can have Humphrey on somebody like Beasley in the slot. And I think that's definitely a situation where where you're feeling pretty good about your matchup. And then yeah. and then in, up front, you can you can do some good things with, with your your interior pressure, I think, with four guys blitzing or four guys rushing. Did the Ravens activate Devontae Harris? Um, so he was practicing. Um, okay. He was practicing. I don't think they've activated him yet. I think he is eligible to come off the IR. Um, I'm not sure if, if he would be someone that the Ravens activate or not. It might depend on, on who they see as you know their, their top guys. Um, but I think this is definitely a game where, where they'll have um, Curse active, Jaron Curse. You know, I think he's someone who they can bring in as a third safety. I mean, kind of that, that dime um, safety position. 
Um, or you can have Jimmy Smith playing in, in a safety position, where, or whether he's lined up over over the, the tight end at times. He's done that quite well, I think, this year. So they have a lot of options in the secondary, and for the most part, I think they're probably going to be base nickel. I would only have four defensive linemen active in this game. I don't think Justin Ellis needs to be active in this one. No offense. He's played really well, I think, for the Ravens this year. Um, but I think your top four guys, you want all guys who can get after the passer in this one because the Bills are not going to try and, and run the ball down the Ravens' throats. And if they do, I think that's a win for the Ravens, even if they try it. Yeah, I, I totally agree on the latter point that that if they want to run, they'll do that. Now, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the pass rush that you were mentioning, you know, and, and bear with me for anybody who listened to Ken's offensive podcast. Um, I made the same point over there earlier tonight, but to me, I think that the Ravens are going to be able to generate pressure with the front four. I think Judon and Agakwe or whoever is going to be those edge guys, let it be, you know, it could also be Bowser, it could be Ward, it could be McPhee. Um, the Ravens have a lot of options there and depth there, but I think that they're going to be able to get pressure on the edge. But at the same time, Allen's really good in those situations of stepping up in the pocket and kind of sliding to the left or right. If someone over pursues or comes too far over the top, I think that the key to this game is going to be Calais Campbell and Justin Matabike and what they do in this game, in those situations. And, and I view it very much as a defensive lineman, two gapping in run defense, right? Where you key up on your, the offensive lineman and you're watching the running back. And if he cuts to the backside of that hole or the front side of that hole, that's where you're going. To me, that's what Campbell and Matabike's job is. Yes, push those off the offensive linemen as far back into Allen as you can, but don't be pushing them so far back that you're getting kind of bulled out of the play and kind of pulled too far left or too far right. Keep your eyes on him and keep him kind of contained even to the outside of that so he stays within the pocket. And then if you've got a guy like Queen who is a perfect fit for a quarterback spy, especially for a guy like Allen with his speed, and you don't want him covering wide receivers in this game, you don't want him in a lot of pass coverage, I could that combination of five or six guys, whether that's another safety that you slide up or whether it's an extra defensive line or outside linebacker or whatever that kind of iteration looks like in that instance, that's where you generate the pressure from. That's where you create deception. But that's also critically where you keep Allen in the pocket. Yeah. I think the role of queen in this one is going to be very interesting. And I kind of envision the same thing where he, I think he's the perfect kind of option to be a quarterback spy here. And I would like even to see, you know, some of like a, I don't even know if you call it a green dog responsibility against the quarterback, but if you if you see the guy, um, you know, looking a little confused in the pocket, holding onto the ball too long, just fire in there and see if you can get a sack. Whether it's a second or two after the snap, you know, you're kind of waiting around seeing if what he's doing, and maybe you know that's something you want to be, you don't want to do too often because you don't want to give up some space. But if you see an opportunity to get in there and get pressure, I think that's something that would be really, you know fitting his skill set well because he, he does have that athleticism he can you know close ground really quickly and i i don't think like you said he's someone that you want to consistently trust in coverage um he's probably going to be you know in a shallow zone regardless he's not going to be tasked in too many man-to-man coverage situations i wouldn't think in this game and and if he's on the field i think that's his best bet bet is either coming in as a blitzer or as someone who's buying the quarterback and then maybe bringing pressure later as the play goes on yeah, and, and if he's going to rush in those situations, certainly remembering lane integrity. I think that there's a little bit where there was the play where LJ Fort made the tackle in the red zone against the Titans where it seemed like Queen's guy was Henry and he came off him. And I, I, I would argue that Queen kind of went 
the wrong way to get to Tannehill. He should have gone through Henry to ensure that Henry doesn't get a clean release there so Tannehill can throw him the ball. Obviously, Queen showed his quickness and his strength to get to Tannehill, but Tannehill got the ball off to him. Fort saw it coming and got there. Um, but that's one where you know, with Josh Allen, you know, maybe he's just trying, he's not even trying to get the ball out. He's trying to break that tackle and break out of the pocket. And so you've got to keep that, that integrity of the pocket there, but that's where I think that it's going to come down to. But, you know, even beyond that, I think the interior of this offensive line for Buffalo is where they're going to fold in this game. This is why you traded for Calais Campbell. I, I mean, the last game as well, but this is why you traded for a guy like Calais Campbell. This is why you dra- drafted a guy like Justin Matabike push those guys around on the offensive line, make them uncomfortable, make Allen uncomfortable, make him move up in the pocket or move back in the pocket. You know, there are a couple times in the Colts game where the pressure got to Allen because they got pressure up the DeForest Buckner, pushed the pocket back and the two guys coming around the edge just meet at Allen. If they can push him back like that and do that, there's going to be, there's going to be nowhere for him to go. And, and it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah, and one thing I think the Ravens could also do is something that they did pretty effectively in the Titans game, and that's use some of the you know the, the stunts and twists up front, where you were able to attack some of the weakness that the team had or that the Bills have like in the interior of, of the offensive line. Use you know Derek Wolf or, or Penelope; they're both very good on stunts, and I think um, Campbell too. And then you know forcing them to kind of move and account for the Ravens defenders move, movement and that could open up a lane either for a blitzing linebacker or for a, you know looping defensive end or or defensive tackle yeah and and even Mitch Morris who's kind of the better rated of those interior offensive linemen for the Bills he got schooled when um by Tyson Alu 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 I don't know how to pronounce his name um from the Steelers where he because he was explosive and could just beat him with that step on that interior rush um it, it gave him all kinds of fits and there was pressure in Allen's face in the first half of that game before they it seemed to me like they changed kind of the the offensive line protection package after that and we're doing more to help inside the Ravens, I think, need to force the Bills' hands like that and then adjust and come with that outside pressure. I think if they're able to do something like that, they're going to be able to force Allen into making some of these bad decisions along the way. Yeah, and I would even go so far as to say, you know, the, the Ravens might try a few um, defensive back blitzes here as well, especially like corner from the, like from the slot, like blindside, slot corner. Um, I think that's an area where, where I've seen Allen kind of not see the pressure coming. And I think that's a place where you might be able to you know get an easy sack or maybe even a sack fumble in a situation like that yeah i totally agree i think we're going to need some of that and i think you need that kind of like outside edge ish pressure to kind of be operating in a contained perspective for Allen from time to time too you don't want him getting too comfortable thinking that he can get around and break outside the pocket um and the ravens are going to have to change this up and they've got the right offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator for that and and wink is wink has seen alan before i'm sure that they were they're, they're kind of aware of what he's capable of doing so and i think i just think that the ravens personnel from a past defense perspective matches up better against this buffalo team than any team that they've faced up to this point in the year um and, and i think that's where where you know the edge to baltimore could really come from um 
are you worried? You know, also Zach Moss was more of their kind of receiving back. He was, he was a little bit more involved from a pass perspective than Singletary was up to this point in the year. You know, are we, am I making too light of, of Buffalo's run game? And is it, should it be something we're worried about? I don't, I don't think so. Especially with Moss. Um, Is he officially out or is he just like, yeah, he's, he's done for the postseason. Okay. So yeah, I think that, you know, Singletary, he's, he's a decent back, but he's not something special that he has to really like worry too much about. I don't think that without him, they're really going to be able to move the ball effectively on the ground. I don't even think they're going to try to. And I think, that's something that will play into the Ravens' benefit because, you know, they will try to obviously still you know, be strong against the run. That's kind of the Ravens' way of, of defense. They kind of are take pride, I think, in their run defense. But that said, I don't think it's something that the Bills are really going to out go too much into. I don't think they would probably have more than 12 to 15 runs for their running backs in this one. Even if they get to that point, I'd be a little surprised, honestly. So how many defensive linemen do you think the Ravens are going to run on average by the end of this game per snap, if that question makes sense? I would say like 1.6. I think they're going to be in a lot of their kind of, um, you know, dime pressure packages where you have three or four outside linebackers on there. You know, McPhee has been someone who's been able to play, you know, as kind of like that interior rusher, defensive tackle on, on passing downs. Um, Ward as well. He, he plays in that role. And then I think it's going to be, you know, someone like Campbell or, or Matabike, who's, or maybe Wolf at times. It's going to be that single defensive lineman who's out there. Obviously, there will be instances where you have two defensive linemen, and there might be a handful where you have your base out there as well. But for the most part, I think it's going to be one or two defensive linemen out there, and, th- and then three or four outside linebackers. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I, I wonder if Brandon Williams is going to be a little bit of the odd man out in this game where he's going to just have maybe kind of 10 or 15 snaps because it just doesn't make sense to have him in. I think that could definitely be the case. And, you know, he's someone that in the past the Ravens have had as kind of one of their, you know, stalwart defenders and their nickel defense. They've had him out there in a lot of their. Um, when they've had two defensive linemen out there, he's kind of been there to kind of be that guy who can stop the run even when they're in their sub packages. But with the presence of Campbell, who's also a really strong run defender, I think that kind of diminishes the necessity of having Williams because you really want someone who can be a pass rush presence. And although Williams has had you know some you know glimpses of that here and there, he's not someone who's consistently going to push the pocket unless they really find that he has some kind of advantage over the offensive lineman out there, maybe using his size, um, be, you know, someone who can push the pocket at times, that might be something that they try, but I think you definitely would rather have Campbell and Matabike, you know, they have a little bit more of just that pass rush upside. And I think that's something that's going to be important in this game. Yeah. And, you know, a guy that played really well last week for against the Titans was Malik Harrison. And I wonder if he's another guy that's just going to be kind of victim of the numbers game and, and not see a lot of the field this week. Yeah, that could definitely be the case. I mean, obviously, they liked him against the Titans because he's a, a stat run defender. And I think he's a better option. Um, or at least they think he's a better option than Fort um, based on size. And they have been hesitant to take Queen off the field. Um so I'm not sure where he fits into this game. I don't think he's going to be out there very often unless, you know, you know the Bills are in kind of like a, a heavy package or maybe even in some of like the 12 personnel packages they use. 
but that's probably less than you know a third of their snaps. So I think it's going to be a pretty limited role for for Harrison in this game. It will be interesting to see how the Ravens um, divvy up snaps between uh, Fort and Ford, and also you know how they decide to go with the the dime package because for a lot of the year. At least in the past few weeks, you know, Ford has been out there, and the dime is kind of the proxy safety, um, something that you know Ken has talked a lot about. And but now that you have healthier safeties, you have a team that likes to go three, four wide almost every play. Um, we might not see Chris Ford out there very much in this game either. Yeah, I I, I would prefer it if um, the Ravens decided not to go heavy with Chris Ford as well there. So you know, obviously, I think we both agree that the Ravens' run defense is probably superior to kind of the Bills' Bills' run offense. You know, do you view the Bills still ahead of the Ravens' defense in terms of kind of matchup here, or do you a little bit more of a push? Well, it's tough to say because the, the I think the Ravens' defense matches up well, um, and what they do best is take away the pass and. The one thing that gives me pause is they have had some issues at times with some of these extended plays. They've had some issues with tackling, and, and those are two things that you don't want to get beat with. The Bills also like to do a lot of wide receiver screens, which is something the Ravens have struggled with at times. Um, so I think it's kind of close to a push in terms of who has the advantage. I'd probably give the slight advantage to the Bills just because their offense has been so explosive. The Ravens really haven't let up a lot of explosive plays in the passing game, um, but you know they are prone to every once in a while let some of those deep sideline passes go, and you know Allen is a master of those, and I think he's probably going to have a couple of them in this game. There's really no way to shut that out completely, um, but I do think that the Ravens will pose a considerable challenge, and it's probably going to be the toughest defense outside of maybe the Steelers that they've seen this year. Um, I think the Ravens are a similar defense to the Steelers. They don't quite have the pass rushers up front that the Steelers do, but they have better coverage. Um, and I, I think that that was definitely a game where Allen didn't look his best. You know, he had some issues, especially in the first half of that game. So I think the Ravens can do similar things, make him uncomfortable, um, and and kind of limit them to probably, you know, somewhere in the 20s, I think, would be a, a win, I think, for the Ravens if they can keep the Bills under 30 points. Yeah, for sure. So let's flip the script and, and go the other way. Um, and let's talk a little bit about Buffalo's defense. You know, I, I think the inclination is that they're not that good. Um, and, and, you know, or at least that was that was where my head was on this, that, you know, Buffalo's won a lot of games by scoring a lot of points. And, and you know, that's that's kind of been their bread and butter. And that is true. Um, now they got a couple playmakers over there, um, you know, on defense. And they're not slouches. Um, I think Poyer is a great safety. Um, Tredavious White, obviously. Hughes has been good rushing the passer. Um, Edmonds was really good against Baltimore last year when they played against him. They used him effectively, really effectively. Um, their defensive line, you know, beyond Hughes, who also isn't a great run defender, isn't great. But Ed Oliver is kind of the physical kind of threat that you might see. That All that being said, you know, they're short two guys that, they, that the Ravens played against last year. Jack Lawson has gone to Miami um, and Star Lutale is not playing. Um, I think those are, you know, those two guys were two of the, I think they had the most snaps on the defensive line for the Bills in the game that they had last year, according to PFF, based on just kind of like a quick look on my part. So I do think that that changes things a little bit for um, what Buffalo might be trying to do in this upcoming game. But but they're not they're not bad over there. 
Um, what do you, what do you see from the Buffalo's defense? Yeah, I think they have a solid defense, but like you said, they don't have kind of the size and you know quality players up front um, that are probably going to be needed to really slow down the Ravens' offense. And I think they, you know, you mentioned Ed Oliver. He's, you know, he's a young guy. He's someone who has probably, you know, come on. I think he's a better pass rusher than run stopper. I actually think he's someone who can be exploited in the in the run game. Um, you know, they, they have some guys, like you mentioned, on the edge. Um, I think Jerry Hughes, I feel like he's been around forever. It's hard to... He's been, he's been in the NFL for a long time, and he's played at a high level for a long time, and he's, he's still getting it done as a pass rusher. Um, and then I think they have Mario Addison on the other side, who's someone who... Um, is he in Carolina? I'm not, I'm not sure where he was. Um, I think so. But you know, he's a decent pass rusher as well. But overall, their their front seven is is probably the weakness of their defense, I think. And that's something that the Ravens really need to take advantage of because obviously the Ravens are a quality run running attack team. They run the ball using a lot of different looks. They use you know varied personnel. They have obviously probably the most dynamic player in the NFL with the ball in his hands and Lamar Jackson and I just don't see the guys up front that really match up with with what the Ravens want to do they, they do have some speed which is important when you're kind of going against what the Ravens have in their run game but they, they don't really have the, the size I think and I think over the course of the game if the Ravens especially can play with the lead they can just wear on this Bills defense yeah, you know, that that's the sense that I get, too. You know, th- th- we're talking about a team that, that really struggled against the run. You know, e- even even if you talk about it from a personnel perspective, it's not one of those ones where it's like, oh, they aren't great, but they perform pretty well. Um, you know, 4.6 yards, uh, yards per carry against, gave up about 30%, a little bit more than 30% of first down percentage on runs, both which were towards the bottom, kind of five or six of the league overall. They were 26th ranked in rushing touchdowns allowed. Um, it seemed like they took away some of the big runs and some of the big plays. And I think that that the Bills, from what I watched, play a lot of kind of quarters, cover two, too deep with their safeties and kind of keep everything in front of them, which also hurts them in the run game a little bit if that's not your strength. But if they if they stretch and they make you earn every yard, that's the kind of thing that they want to do. But um, I think I also saw a stat that they were, were just not that great on the edges in terms of defending the run. And I couldn't I couldn't find I read it somewhere, but I couldn't find a replication of that. But I think that I think that's where the Ravens need to be steadfast and attacking these guys on the edge, get to the outside, bend them to both sides with motion and kind of with this counter counter pool, double counter pool action where you're making them kind of defend all three facets of the field and and make them defend all three. Yeah, I think I'm going to be curious to see how the Bills go about defending the Ravens' running game because up front, they, they definitely don't stack up, I don't think, with the Ravens' offensive line and with the Ravens' um, running game. But, you know, they might start doing things like bringing in a safety, bringing in two safeties close to the line of scrimmage. When that happens, how do the Ravens counter that? Do they just, you know, go play action heavy? Do we see some of the quick passing that we've seen at times against other teams who've tried to stack the box? Um, that's something that Greg Roman's really going to have to anticipate, I think. Um, I think we can go back and see how the Bills defended them last year. You know, their head coach, Sean McDermott, is like a defensive guy. He's a former defensive coordinator. Um, 
he is someone who's probably going to be, you know, game planning for this game you know, all week. He's probably been looking, thinking this is a potential matchup, and they played last year, so he knows how he can try to contain Lamar Jackson. Now the Ravens' running game has evolved since what we saw last year, so you can't just go with what you had last year and hope that that's going to work. I think that's what the Titans kind of tried to do, and it, you know, it, it had some times that it worked a little bit in the run game, but overall, I think the Ravens were able to make the proper adjustments and kind of start really, you know, rolling off some big gains, especially in the second half of that game uh, last week. So it's gonna be interesting to see what the Bills do. If they take a similar approach to what the Titans did, I think the Ravens will have the counter for it, um, literally and <laughs> and. Uh, um, yeah, um, anyway, <laughs> I didn't mean to make a little pun there, but I guess I did. Um, I, I do think that it's going to be, in the end, on Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to have to make some plays in the passing game, though, because I do believe that the Bills are going to try and shut down the Ravens' run, and that's going to leave them, you know, kind of a little bit susceptible to some of the plays downfield. And, and Jackson has kind of been better than you think, or better than the average, you know, fan might think at downfield passing. I know earlier in the season he was really not connecting all that often, but I think he's gotten a lot better at it. And I think we might see a few bombs in this game, whether it's to Hollywood Brown, it might be to, you know, Mark Andrews. He's been actually a pretty good vertical threat for the Ravens. Could even be Willie Sneed, um, or maybe Devin Duvernay, someone who's not going to be expected. He's matched up on, you know, a safety or someone who he'll have an advantage over. And I think that's somewhere where, where Jackson can take advantage if, if the Bills are, are, you know, really bringing and selling out against the run. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I I saw two pieces on two Bills players this week. One was um, one was uh, Jordan Poyer did kind of like a little interview on um, film for kind of what their approach was in the Colts game. And, and they had a lot of trouble. I know we're talking about the run a little bit more right now. They had a lot of real trouble with mesh and drive concepts against the Colts um, in that game, which he kind of attributed to communication. And then at the end of that, he said, you know, we haven't installed our game plan yet for Baltimore, but I anticipate that it's going to look a lot like it did last year where we were pretty effective against them. But today in an interview, uh, Hughes came out and they were talking to Hughes a little bit on the local TV about what they were doing. And he's saying that the preparation is different for this Saturday. But, you know, what he in particular said, and this doesn't surprise me, he said, we knew what we wanted to do based on down and distance. And everybody was given their assignments by the coaches. And we knew kind of based on the situation, what they were going to try and do, which which if we all knew what our assignments were in those instances, it, it really let us take that away. Um Anybody that's watched Greg Roman for the last two years um, is probably not surprised by comments like that. Um, this is an instance where Greg Roman needs to, A, stay away from his better angels of tendency that he loves to revert to in those instances and try and keep things varied and try and keep things mixed up. This is this is the time for wrinkles. This is I think this is the game probably more than any that you might want to see from that perspective. I, I think the Chiefs defense is far the Buffalo defense is far superior than, than the Chiefs defense if, if Baltimore were to kind of advance past this game. So this is the game to not hold back. This is the game not to do the things that you typically do. This is the, the game to come out and kind of do things a little bit differently than, than what you anticipate pass when you think they would run, run when you think they would pass. Um, and so I have a high expectation from Roman to kind of to, to really bring it down from from that perspective. But, you know, all that being said, Buffalo is a lot better against the pass than they are against the run. Yeah. Um, 
and my, my big question for this is, and, and you know, I don't know if you've thought about this at all, but they've mostly been up and in the lead in most of their games. And when you've got a great corner like Tredavious White, and when you play with two deep safeties like they do, and teams are trying to desperately come back against a high-powered offense, you're going to see a lot more effectiveness from a guys like Hughes and, and pass rushers and a lot more effectiveness in pass defense because you know it's coming and, and you made the other team a little bit more one-dimensional. I think some people could argue also that you, you see more yardage and it's worse because you're playing more pass defense than you would be otherwise. Do you have any feel for what we're looking at from this Bills pass defense in that regard? Well, I do think that they are a team that just has talented guys in the secondary. So I think that's part of the reason why they're a good pass defense. I don't think it's just because, you know, they're ahead a lot um, and, you know, they can kind of pin their ears back and get after the, the opposing quarterback. I mean, there's probably a little bit of that, um, but I mean, Tredavious White is, you know, not a top five, top ten corner in this league. You me- you mentioned Poyer and Micah, Micah Hyde as well, who's another really quality um, sa- um, starting safety in this league. And and both those guys, I think, are you know veterans. They they understand you know, route concepts. They understand um, this defense really well. They've both been playing together for a while, and I think they if, there might be the best you know safety duo in, in the NFL honestly um if it's not them it's it's you know it's, it's probably someone who's close to, or they're, they're up there let me put it that way um I think the second and third corners um you know Josh Norman is kind of a reclamation project this year but he's definitely someone who can pick on it at times um I think that's maybe potentially a weakness I think that's where um Jackson will hopefully try to attack instead of Tredavious White. I don't think you want to be, you know, gambling with White as much as possible. He's someone who will, you know, make interceptions. I mean, he's he's got a little bit of Marcus Peters in him and that he he'll he takes some risks at times, but he's he's a very good player and, and I I don't think he's someone that you want to be going after. Um, and then Levi Wallace, I think he's either their second or third corner. It kind of depends on the health of, of Norman, um, but he might be in, in on the slot. Someone you can take advantage of a little bit as well. I think that's where you want to be attacking. Um, I think you want to be attacking their linebackers in coverage with, with Mark Andrews, or whether it's you know Willie Sneed over the middle. I think that's kind of the area that you want to be you know trying to take advantage of in this defense. Um, or like I said, in the in the kind of the play action shot game, you get Hollywood Brown matched up one on one with somebody in a slot. I think that's something that's something you'd like to see have have Brown in the slot a lot in this game and try and you know if White's not going to follow him then that's ideal and if even if he is I think that's somewhere that that gives Hollywood an advantage when he's when he's not outside I think he does better when he's playing out of the slot gives him a little more room to operate so I think those are some of the things that you're trying to do in the passing game and I it's not going to be a game where I expect Jackson to you know be throwing 300 plus yards because I think the Ravens run game is going to be really effective in this one but you do have to be able to take advantage of, of what the opposing defense is giving you and if they are you know stacking the box then i think you know especially using play action to kind of force some of those you know voids in coverage and taking advantage of them is definitely a route that the ravens should be pursuing yeah i, I mean at the end of the day <clears throat> i don't even want to see i, I mean this is unless buffalo comes into the box and stops them in the box when overloading the box 
this is one of the instances where I'm going to be okay with the Ravens trying to run at them if they're aggressive and take it to Buffalo's front seven and particularly kind of the middle of that defense. I think that's that, that I think there are going to be opportunities there to be had. Um, they should, they should test it out. I, I, you know, I put something up on Twitter um, earlier today about the Arizona game in Buffalo. They just, they, they could, they could not defend the pistol out of the 12, uh, 12 personnel against Arizona. Um, read some of it was read option. Some of it wasn't read option, but, um, Kyler Murray and, you know, these were against pack boxes. They were in very clear, heavy personnel. Buffalo brought the eighth guy into the box. It wasn't the kind of too high safety look and they were still getting run all over. Um, and Arizona's linemen were getting to the second level. They were sealing blocks off, creating lanes for them to run through. And Kenyon Drake is not as good as JK Dobbins or, or Gus Edwards. And Kyler Murray is not as good of a runner as Lamar, Lamar Jackson is. And so to me, I'm looking at those plays and what they were doing there, where, where they were kind of balanced and unbalanced. And I think that, I think there is, I think the Ravens running game is going to feast on this Buffalo's front seven. And I don't think that they have, I don't think that they have the strategy um, or the skill between them in the same way that the Titans did to be able to kind of slow down this Ravens running game, which to be frank, the Titans didn't too, because the Ravens put 235 yards on them. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of a misnomer that the, the Titans were able to, to slow down the Ravens in this game. I mean, the score was only 20 to 13, but you know, the, the Ravens had a drive that obviously they missed a field goal. They could have scored at the last drive. They chose not to. It was the end of the game. So like they could have put more points up. They just didn't have it go that way for, you know, the final score, but they moved the ball really well. I mean, we talked about it in the, in the last podcast, I think what was it? 6.4 or 6.5 yards per play or something something like that that's a, that's a big number um i think if you look at over the averages over the course of the season that's like a top three offense probably um and i think that you know the bills might even be more vulnerable to the run than what the titans are they don't have some of the some of the guys up front that tennessee does um so it's it's really and i think what it comes down to is, is the ravens running scheme and it's not something that is easy to match up against. They use so much misdirection. They use so much deception. They have the ability to, you know, hit you up the middle or off either edge. Um, they have the ability to, you know, use their wide receivers in the run game. We've seen Devin Duvernay do that really effectively in the past. You might get some of those opportunities in this game. Last week it was Hollywood kind of used in the pseudo run game. I think any of those things can work really well in this game as well. And I think it's something that is going to be available to Greg Roman. And I think he probably will take advantage of it. Yeah, so what do you think Buffalo is going to try and do in this game? Do you think they're going to come heavy into the box and bring that safety down? You know, they're, they're aggressive in the A-gaps too, so I think that's similar to what we saw against Tennessee. But, you know, I, I think the Ravens are going to be well-equipped to do this because it's also going to look a lot like what they just faced. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it is kind of a copycat league. You know, the, the Bills have done a similar approach, I think, last year. And the way they kind of, like, flooded the, the outside um, – with, with like a with a free linebacker or a free safety, um, and then just kind of like use their linebackers to fill. Um, I think that's probably the approach that they're going to take. I think they will go heavy in the box, and I think that the Ravens are going to be able to maybe exploit that defense in the same way that they were able to attack the Titans. Um, you know, some of the quick passing to the outside, some of the play action passes to Andrews, uh, to Ricard, things like that. I think that's going to be able to a way to pick up some easy yards and then 
you kind of go back and you mix in some of the Lamar Jackson design runs. You know, some of them didn't work out last week. Um, some of that was good defense. Some of that was, you know, bad execution by the Ravens. Um, but in the end, you know, you're going to take a couple, you know, two or one yard plays for the for the 20 yard gains that Jackson's going to give you. And Edwards and Dobbins were, you know, they were picking up some nice yards on some of those plays as well. So I think that it's really going to be hard for the Bills with their personnel up front to slow down the Ravens entirely. And I, I'm expecting the Ravens to put up similar kind of running numbers they did last year. I mean, or last week, I should say. Um, I'm thinking at least 200 yards, probably closer to 300 um, on the ground. And I just, I just think if they can control the ball, they can control possession, they can, you know, control time of possession, and they can basically just keep the Bills' offense on the sidelines and, and grind this game out. And, and if they can convert those long drives into touchdowns like we saw them do last year, I, I, I don't see a way that the Bills are going to be able to keep up unless they can just be perfect as well. So it, it's, going to, it's going to be tough. Um, I think it's going to be probably a pretty close game, but I, I think the Ravens are going to have the advantage on the offense for sure. And I think on defense, they match up better the Bills and the Bills match up against the Ravens. Yeah, and, and if you recall from last year's game, because of the aggressiveness that you saw them coming down in the box, that was the big touchdown pass to Hayden Hurst. Yep. Ravens were able to take over the top. Um, obviously, Hayden Hurst is gone. Um, so I think guys like Willie Sneed or, you know, maybe even if you have to go to Devin Duvernay or, or something like that on Boykin. kind of that, like, I yeah, Boykin. Boykin. Having a, a couple of, like, you know, one-on-one matchups where he gets open deep. Um, and if, if Jackson has... You know, confidence in him i think this could be a game where he has a long touchdown it, it this is to me this has got to be a game where the ravens receivers are living kind of like 10 to 15 yards down the field and kind of really stretching um the linebacker core to kind of get deep so either something underneath is opened up or the safeties to come down and, and something to open up over top of that um they're also you know buffalo was also really aggressive coming just like Tennessee was coming down into the box when they thought it was going to be a run. Um, so some play action, double moves, I think are going to create some opportunities for the Ravens. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, I'll ask the same question as I asked about the defense. I feel like obviously the Ravens run offense to Buffalo's pass defense is a clear advantage to Baltimore. I think because probably in context as, as just a standalone, um, you know, a push for Baltimore's pass offense to Buffalo's pass defense, if not a slight edge to Buffalo. But I think that is kind of undone by the fact that the Ravens will just be passing less. Yeah, I, I think really on both sides of the ball, I think the Ravens match up. They Their strengths kind of are the, the opposing team's you know strengths, or at least, at least on defense. So when the Ravens are on defense, I think their strength is going to match up well with the Bills' strength and what the Ravens don't maybe not do quite as well which is stop the run because they haven't for the most part this year the Bills don't even try that and on, and on offense the Ravens strength is, is running the ball and and the Bills struggle at running the ball so or stopping the run so I think there's definitely a, a clear advantage there for the Ravens and if, if they execute well if they you know if they can come out and put the game plan in in motion the way it should be done i don't i don't see how the bills can stop them consistently it's just unless the ravens shoot themselves in the foot if they you know if they have the drops that they had at the beginning of last game if they have the interception um those are the things that the ravens could find themselves leading to a loss but outside of that if, if they're focused and, and playing their best ball i don't i don't think the bills are going to be able to win this game 
Yeah. So let's talk about kind of where we see this going. You know, if you had to pick an impact player that's going to be player of the game on offense for the Ravens, who are you taking? I'm going to take Dobbins. I think he's the guy who's going to really take advantage of that Bills kind of weakness up front. And, you know, we, we've seen Lamar Jackson. He obviously can you know run for 100 yards. He's done it a lot recently. He's been incredible. Um, but I, I think this is a game where, where Dobbins is going to, um, you know, get a lot of opportunities. And maybe it's Gus Edwards. You know, it, it's I think it's going to be the Ravens running back. So let me put it that way. I think they're going to probably combine for at least 150 yards. Um, I think, you know, we might see them in some of those pony packages that we've seen at times. I think that's a really difficult package for opposing defenses to defend. And it gives the Ravens a lot of opportunities to do things, whether it's, um, having lead blocker for Lamar or having someone as, as you know, running a route downfield. We've seen Edwards be effective in that as well. Um, just gives them a lot of opportunities and it, it gives them, you know, playmaking on the field. And that's something that they're going to need in this game. Yeah. Are we, we finally going to get the playoff game where the Baltimore Ravens run the crap out of the ball with their running backs. Um, if this is the, if there, there doesn't seem like there's going to be a better time than that for this one. Um, and if that's the case, then I think you're, you're right. Dobbins could be the guy. I think, I think Mark Andrews is going to be the guy. Um, uh, you know, I, I think white is going to be trailing Brown. Lamar really likes to go to Andrews. I guess if that extra attention ends up going to both Brown and to Andrews, who knows what can happen from there. Um, we haven't seen a team effectively be able to kind of handle the two of them. And I don't think any team can effectively can effectively handle the two of them. And so I, I think Mark Andrews is, is due for a big game and um, he's going to be the guy that I take on offense. Um, you know, flipping the script, I think that I'm going to take Justin matter BK on defense. He's been, eating offensive linemen for lunch these last few games he's looked really good and if he can get pressure in those b gaps and be that guy that is kind of the secondarily containing guy to josh allen he's gonna put a hurting on him he's gonna hit him hard and i think i think this is a this is a big game for him to have a little bit of a coming out party in the playoffs yeah i i agree with Matabike. I, I think he's someone who is really poised to be able to take advantage of that that soft sincere line of of the bills um and i think maybe you know this is also a game where marlon humphrey kind of really shines and i don't know if he's going to be someone if he's going to force a fumble or get an interception but i think he's going to have a big role in 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 following digs and and making sure that they keep him you know as under wraps as you can and I i think if marlon humphrey has a good matchup in in that that really tough kind of cover um that is going to be a really good sign for the ravens so i want to say humphrey has a big game i thought he played really well this last week against the titans also in a tough matchup and i'm not sure how much he's going to be following digs you know they've used him in that role a, a bit this year more so in the past um he might just be the guy they put in the in the slot um over over beasley uh, which also you know if you can take out beasley that's also you know something that's going to be really important um because he's a big part of this offense as well so i think i think humphrey is is the guy i'm going to go with on defense so you know if the, if the ravens can come out and and play up to their potential i really have a good feeling for this one um it's not going to be a kind of a i, I wouldn't i think it's gonna be pretty close let me put it that way i, I don't think they're going to shut down the bills um but i do think the ravens will be in control of this one and the more in control they are i think you know the the bigger the 
the gap could be if, if they get out to an early lead. It's it's something that I think will play in their favor. Yeah, you know, Marcus Peters is the other guy. You know, I'm obviously cheating now by naming another name, but you know, Marcus Peters seems like one of those guys that plays hot and cold to me, and he seems to be playing really hot right now. Um, and so, you know, that, that bodes well for the Ravens too, because he does tricky, tricky things. And he, he makes quarterbacks see things that they, they think they see that they don't. And if there's ever kind of a ripe guy, it's a young guy like Allen who thinks he knows what he's seeing. So I'd love to see Peters kind of build on that great week that he had last week. So, um, you know, let's wrap it up where, you, you know, you, you, you mentioned, you thought Baltimore was going to edge them out, um, has a little bit of the edge overall. What do you think for the final score? Yeah, I mean, last last week I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game, and I was wrong about that. I, th- you know, I thought the Ravens would be able to move the ball um, against the, kind of a, a Tennessee defense that hadn't played so well this year, and then um, I also thought Tennessee would be able to move the ball. They, I mean, they've been one of the better offenses in, in the NFL, and and both teams were held in check for the most part. Um, but I, I think this game is going to be definitely higher scoring than last week. I'm going to say the Ravens have put up 34. And then I think the Bills might put up 24. I think it might be a, a, a bigger gap than most people are expecting. Yeah, you know, we both thought the Ravens were going to post more points on the Titans last week. And I'll say this, and, and I mentioned it on our last podcast, but I think that the Ravens offense was a lot closer to having a big game last week than than the final score indicated. Yeah. They missed a field goal. Um, you know, they were humming on, on a lot of ways and they just had a couple misplays here or there. If they connect on those this week, we're going to see another 30 plus point game. I'll, I'll stick with you. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with a 34. I think it's going to be more than 30. I think they're going to come in, come out and, and be the better offense overall. Um, but I think, I think the bills are going to get held to 14 points. I, I think the Ravens are going to be jump out to an early lead. The bills are going to become one dimensional and it's going to play right into the Ravens hands. I, th- one of the reasons why I think this is going to be a big game for the Ravens is I think the Ravens just, this is one of those instances where the Ravens just really match up well against this bills team. And I think that the Titans were the, the reason the Titans have played kind of like Baltimore's kryptonite recently is because I think they just match up really well with, what Baltimore does. They've got the type of receivers that give kind of the Ravens defenders fits when they're part, you know, in whatever kind of coverage they were in. Derrick Henry is the kind of guy that can wear down a defense. The Ravens were kind of prone to getting worn down. It just didn't match up. Well, obviously the Ravens played a little bit of chess, bringing in Campbell and some big guys on, on the offensive or defensive line. But to me, it just seems like to be a mismatch of the Ravens best strengths on both sides of the ball happen to be areas that I think that they can exploit for the bills. Um, They're not going to be able to run the ball against kind of light fronts for the Ravens. And even if they try to, it's going to take the ball out of their playmakers hands. And I I, I think that the Ravens pass rush is going to get after Allen. Um, They're going to, they're going to have a creative pass rush. And I think that kind of the secondary being up in those receivers faces, taking stuff away quick from Allen um, is going to make it a long day for him. And they're, they're going to, they're going to turn it over a couple times and then, and we're going to see kind of the game slip away and, and Baltimore, especially once they kind of get in that downhill mode with the lead, I could see this being one of those kind of games for the Ravens. I mean, that would be great to see. Um, it would definitely take a lot of the stress out of my life on Saturday. <laughs> um, but, you know, I want to say one more thing because the Ravens have invested a lot in this defense. You know, they've made some trades. Last year, they brought in Peters. They brought in Campbell in the offseason. They went and got in Gakwe. This is why they did it. You know, they, they did it for this time, for the playoffs, for going against the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, because they know that they need to be able to cover and they need to be able to get pressure with four guys up front. 
and that's how you beat the best quarterbacks. Um, and I, I really hope that they come come through with it and make and make those trades count because, you know, obviously you know Peters had a great impact last year when he was brought in, but they they came up short. Um, he kind of got redemption last week. You know, he he made that play that really sealed the game for the Ravens. I thought Campbell played really well last week. Um, this might be the time for Ngakwe to really show up. He's that guy who can really be the difference maker on the edge. And if if the Ravens can, you know, really kind of get under Allen's skin, rushing four guys, I think it's going to be a long day for him. And this is this is the kind of game where you need someone like Ngakwe. And also, you know, Judon on the other side or, or Bowser or McPhee, whoever it is, you know, up in that front four. They need to earn their money in this game. And I think if they can do that, then the Ravens should definitely have a big, big advantage. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like you said at the start of that point, which I agree with completely. The Ravens built this team to be to play this game against this kind of offense, to be able to shut it down. You 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 added your pass rusher, you added your run stuffers on the defensive line. So you didn't need to ask your linebackers or your safeties to come up and help with that. And you built cornerback depth depth that was, if healthy, going to be able to stick with any receiving core in the league. And so here we are. Um, and we're about to find out whether or not that experiment's going to work. And and to me, it seems like it's going to. I, I think the Ravens are well positioned for it, but you know what? That's why they're going to play the game on Saturday. And uh, I know we're excited for it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. Obviously, it'll be it'll be a lot more fun if the Ravens can you know get out to an early lead and maintain that. Um, and then then we'll have to wait and see what happens in the other game. I mean, it's going to be going to be a, a fun one to watch too with with the Browns and the Chiefs um who, who saw that coming that the Browns would win their first playoff game in what 25 years yeah it, it was it was a little bit of a shocker so it, it'll be it, look I, I'd be happy to get you know if the Ravens were to advance and get to play the Browns again I'd be I'd be happy to see that matchup I think that's that's obviously preferable for the Ravens. Um, and I'm, and I'm also glad we don't have to draw the chiefs coming off a kind of bye week and get rested kind of week for them. So, you know, for me, um, you know, I'm excited. We're going to keep breaking down film. I'm sure that you guys can check us out on Twitter. We'll, we'll still be tweeting about this kind of stuff, talking about it leading up to the game. Um, we're excited for it. He's at Gabe Fergie. I'm at Raven sit room. Uh, we look forward to hearing you, from you and thanks for tuning in. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.